This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Today we begin with late-breaking news about an attempted knife attack at a Canadian tire store in Cedarbray Mall in Scarborough. It happened on Saturday afternoon and the incident appears to have been terror-related. Here's what we know. A woman named Rehab Dugmosh... Dugmosh, allegedly pulled a 19-inch blade when she was confronted by employees. She had a cart full of tools, and staffers were worried that she was planning to shoplift them. According to reports, she was wearing either a hijab or a burqa plus a bandana with ISIS symbols. When staffers stopped her, she apparently pulled the knife and said she wanted to kill white Christians in the name of ISIS because of what was happening in Syria. She was disarmed and ultimately charged with six counts, one count of assault, two counts of assault with a weapon, two counts of possession with a weapon, carrying a concealed weapon and another threatening death or bodily harm. None of those charges are terror charges. She appeared in court. Her publicly appointed lawyer asked the court for a bit more time. And uh, her name is on the docket, possibly for later today. I'd like your opinion on this. At the same time, uh, there has been this other incident in Paris. Uh, These things are happening out of the blue. Uh, This certainly doesn't look like some kind of organized attack, if uh, it was in fact what it appears to be at the moment. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. I'd like to know your take on this. Uh, Does it make you feel unsafe? Uh, Is this a big surprise? Just want to know what you think. Right now, let's go to our guest, Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk. Hi, Phil. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good, thank you. What do you make of this? Don't know. It's really too early to tell. I, I read the same reports that you did. It certainly appears from what we know that a person uh, who appears to be Muslim, uh, apparently wearing Islamic garb, whatever that's supposed to mean, uh, pulls out a knife and threatens staff. So we certainly have a serious attempted at violence. Whether or not it's terror-related, it's way too early to tell. I, my first question is, People said she wore ISIS garb, but what does that mean? I, I need more the, details on that. The report, so. the report that I saw is said it was a bandana with ISIS symbols. Well, my first question would be, do people know what ISIS symbols are? So if it's Arabic script on a bandana, is, is that's not necessarily an ISIS symbol. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just not saying it is until I find out more information. Well, they have the, you know, whatever they have on the black flags that they use. And well, but there are also Islamic. For example, the the guy that took over the Lint Cafe in Sydney a couple of years ago, he had a banner that had was black with white, had nothing to do with ISIS. It was basically a flag with the Shahada on it, the Islamic statement of faith. So again, 
I think we have to be very, very careful. I'm not saying it's not, but I'm not saying it isn't until I find out more information. I worked in intelligence for 30 years. You don't make that call until you have more information at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know that uh, in the attacks in Europe, there have been a number of women who were arrested, and this person is uh, a woman. Uh, do you make anything of that? Well, we certainly have seen an uptick in women. Uh, Islamic State has, I think, one of the first groups that seems to be okay with women carrying out attacks. One of the, the early groups like al-Qaeda would more or less stick to more conservative Islamic strictures about women participation. So there's no question we've seen more women, uh, more have traveled to Syria, sometimes with their husbands and families to go to live with the Islamic State. So it doesn't really surprise me because it's become a sort of a, like an equal opportunity uh, phenomenon, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh... Do, do you think that this would mark some kind of, um, I don't know, I hate to say turning point, but, uh, you know, we've seen these kind of, I mean, again, you know, if this is what it appears to be, it, it wouldn't seem to be something that was very well planned. Uh, of no. People just, you know, they, they've been asked uh, by extremist websites to to do whatever kinds of attacks they can during Ramadan. We're now in Ramadan. You're right, but they've been calling that for, for decades. So I wouldn't call it a trend. We've seen low-scale attacks in the past. We've seen sophisticated attacks in the past. Like, look at what's happened in the U.K. in the last two months. We've had two attacks with vehicles. That's low-tech. That's what any anybody can do. And then we had the, the Manchester bombing, which was very sophisticated. So you can't say it's this or that. The problem is, is that it's all of the above. And if you work for CSIS of the RCMP or MI5 or the French Security Services, you have to weigh all the possibilities simultaneously. You can't say, oh, well, this is you know, the, the, the month of knife attacks. It doesn't work that way. It is, it is individualistic. It is, it is it's variable. And it, what it comes down to is the capability of those that are carrying it out. Some are smarter. Some are stupid. Some are capable. Some are not. Mm-hmm. Um, what can we do to guard against this type of attempted attack or attack? The only sure one, the, the best way to do it is through intelligence, is that you gather intelligence on people's intent, you gather intelligence on their capabilities, and then you act before they strike. If this was truly a random, spur-of-the-moment attack with little planning, there's virtually nothing anyone can do. I, I hate to be, you know, a pessimist in that sense, but... Unless you have previous intel, you're not going to figure it out. If, if they sh- stopped her for allegedly possibly shoplifting and she pulls a knife out, no security force in the world is going to predict that unless they know in advance who she is and, and what kind of ideology she subscribed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, there was news, you know, on the other attacks, on the, uh, on the attacks uh, in Britain, that one of the attackers uh, was actually known to police and had, uh, had put this in quotes, starred. He was featured in a documentary about Islamic extremism. That doesn't mean anything, because the United, United Kingdom, the security force in the United Kingdom, MI5, which is their version of thesis, has 3,000 people between 3,000 and 23,000 people that they're aware of. They're doing 500 simultaneous CT investigations, they're, and they're only about 4,000 strong. They're only slightly bigger than CSIS. So for people to point fingers and say, hey, you should have stopped it, well, when you've got 3,000 people to worry about, you, you know, you can't say, well, you know, you, you don't know in advance which guy's going to do it. In fact, the vast majority are wannabes. They don't do anything because they're, they're too cowardly or they're incapable or they're just morons. But you have to follow those as well because you never know when the morons are going to become capable. So that's the challenge facing it. So I reject categorically this was, a, this was an intelligence failure. It's a, the failure is, is that the situation has built up to an extent in the United Kingdom where it's off the scale. 
and you can't expect your security services to be everywhere at all times. Mm-hmm. But but again, if you have somebody uh, who is interviewed, who's clearly, uh, you know, somebody who's been radicalized, shouldn't he have been followed? Not necessarily. Like I said, most of them are blowhards. I, I certainly saw that in my time at CSIS. A lot of people talk the talk and never walk the walk, and you can't follow everybody. So b- being somebody who makes all these statements, you know, online or in the real world, is not necessarily somebody's going to act. They've had people in the United Kingdom who have done this for 20 years, like Ajahn Chowdhury, never did a damn thing. All rhetoric, rhetoric, rhetoric. Never picked up a knife, never built a bomb, never traveled. So it, it's not as well, easy this, as that. This I, I wish, I wish it were. This apparent, per, person apparently had traveled. Well, it's fair enough, but lots of them travel. And that's the problem is that, you know, as the United Kingdom said, and I, and I fully support them, they had no intelligence to suggest he was involved in tax money. If you don't have intel, and, and you've looked for it and there's no intel, what do you want, what do you want MI5 to do? You want them to follow all 23,000? You can't. It's simply impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, Theresa May has talked about uh, trying to do something to limit access to extremism on the Internet. It, how would that something like that work? Is that realistic? Well, yes and no. I certainly support, uh, I think, having companies like Twitter and Facebook be a lot more active in taking down terrorist content. The problem is, is that you're skirting into freedom of speech and freedom of thought. And, and I have no problems with taking out ISIS pages. That, to me, is a no-brainer. But what if you're, you know, just calling for the creation of the caliphate? What if you're just, uh, I don't know, protesting against Israel occupation of the West Bank? I mean, this is the problem here is that you get into a lot of gray areas. And if you're an American, and I've had many Americans criticize me, all speech is sacrosanct. No matter how bad it is, it cannot be taken down. We here in Canada look at things a little differently. I think there are ones that are obvious that should be controlled and removed. Many people disagree with me. They say, you know, our forefathers fought for freedom of speech and, you know, damned if you're going to take it, off, take it away from me. Well, it's there's a hard a, question. There's a line here between freedom of speech and hate speech. I agree. Uh, many people don't. Uh, you ask your American friends and they'll tell you there's no difference. Hate speech is just as protected as, as uh, I don't agree with them. But, it, it, you know, it's, it, they, will, they will point to their constitution. They'll point to their amendments. Freedom of speech is freedom of speech. Who are you to tell me I can't say this? So oh. uh, you, you and I agree, Libby. But many people don't. Okay, uh, let's see what our callers think. We've got Doug and Lindsay. Hi, Doug. Hi, Libby. Yeah, I, I just uh, wonder whether um, we're encouraging things by uh, glamorizing some of these um, uh, minute attacks. I'm not talking about the big ones where they're blowing up the big bombs or ramming, driving trucks through uh, a crowd of people, but the... Uh, the Indians, like the one at the uh, Canadian Tire, the one in France today, uh, are we glamorizing it too much and, they, and thus encouraging it? Well, it, you know, um, I'm going to let uh, Phil take this. I think, well, it might be encouraging them, but but what are you suggesting that we don't report this? I'm not saying that, but don't uh, let's not make a big deal of it. It's uh, it happened, so. Uh, you report it, but you don't make a big deal of it. Well, what's the line? Are we making a big deal of this? Uh, I think uh, you're hearing more about it than... Uh, than than we perhaps sure. Uh, Phil, what, what's what's your view on that? This is tough, Libby. I, I fully support the media's job. You're doing what, you're, what we're paying you to do, which is report and keep us informed. There's no question that, that terrorist groups do take oxygen from coverage. They do benefit from it. But I think you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. If you don't report it, people want to know and say, well, I didn't report it. And if you do report it, they say, well, now you're encouraging the terrorists. So I don't think we can win this one. I, I think more information is always better than less. Um, and you have to accept that by, by providing coverage, yes, you're going to give some, I want to call it encouragement. 
I call it oxygen to the terrorist movement. Well, it, it might it might be encouraging some of them if that if that's their goal. I mean, I I agree with that, but uh, I I agree with Phil as well. I mean, I don't know what you do. Do you not report this? I don't think that's a really a good option either. No, as I said, more information always trumps less information, whether oh. you're an intelligence or whether you're a Canadian citizen. Okay, well, Doug, you know, honestly, Doug and Lindsay, in Lindsay, I I do take your point. Yeah, well, I say report it, but don't refer to it as being terrorism. Well, we don't we don't know exactly what it is, but no, there there's no. you know there's another issue that you bring up because there there are a lot of people and there's a lot of political political correctness floating around, and they don't want to call things what they are, and I think that's another thing that we have to. Uh, we don't know in this case. We don't have that much information yet, but but uh, I don't think we should pussyfoot around these things. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Doug. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. Let's go to uh, Bill here in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hi. I don't think hiding your head in the sand is going to pay any dividends in the long run. <clears throat> to the last caller's point, but. My issue with this is it always seems to be such a double standard. I mean, I read the newspapers. I follow media like a hound. You know, what's this, 72 hours or more that this took to come out? Did it come out by mistake? I'm not sure. But Well, I mean, it, it, it didn't come out because uh, the, the company didn't release it, and they, we're still waiting to hear something from Canadian Tire. Um, it came out because uh, this person was charged, and it was on the docket in court, and that's public information. Okay, well, when the uh, the woman had the hijab ripped off her head in London, Ontario, that spread across every newspaper in Canada. Well, somebody somebody reported it. I mean, if yeah. there had been somebody inside that store uh, who wanted that to come out, uh, they they should have uh, called it in. I mean, it's you know. Well, to me, it appears to be a double standard. In this case, you know, it's leaked out slowly if it ever got out at all. And let's see how widespread a coverage it gets. The other thing with the London thing, you know, hate crime, hate crime. When it was revealed that the attacker was also a Muslim woman, guess what? What newspaper covered that? Zero. Okay, well, uh, it's getting it's getting quite a bit of play. Uh, I think that um, there there may be a publication ban slapped on it by the court, well, yeah, which will limit it. And this will be another chance for Islam to claim that they're victims once again. Okay, thanks for your call. Let's go to uh, Dorothy here in Toronto. Hi, Dorothy. Hi, Dor. Hi, uh, Bill and Libby. Um, you know, I think too, though, like. Bill just said, like my mom always said, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. But I think there's too much of it on the um, the Internet and people discussing things. Instead of taking care of their own problems and praying and living one day at a time, they, they're making so much of this. And I think, too, with the women that dress in those outfits and those people, they look with such fear in their face. They they don't know what to expect. And I find can't see their face if they're wearing a burqa. Hello. Hello. Yes, I'm saying they they don't have. You can't see their face if they cover their face well, with a burqa. Some of them do show their face. They don't always have the face covered. And I find when you smile first and say hello, they're so happy. They just look almost like they're shocked that you're going to speak to them. 
Well, right, but somebody who's uh, carrying a knife and wants to attack you, I don't think a smile will take care of it. Well, I think we have to start with little things. We have to, uh, I think they're under the impression we have it so easy here in Canada. Maybe they should find out how difficult uh, after the war what my mom and uh, her relatives and everyone went through and watching these young men die and then struggle raising the children and how tough it was in Canada instead of just showing how wonderful it was because it wasn't maybe these people when they come here would realize that canadians suffered too okay thanks for your call dorothy oh you're welcome libby okay uh we are uh, running out of time on this one uh, phil what would you like to leave us with on this I would like to leave a couple of things, Libby. We're going to find out more about this incident in, in, in the mall in Scarborough. Right now, we, we don't know enough information to label it anything. It could be somebody who is simply mentally ill. We don't know. I, not that, that terrorism is, is linked to mental illness. It's not, but we don't know. Secondly, I want your listeners to take away the fact that despite what they're seeing in London and Paris and possibly in Scarborough, terrorism is a very, very, very rare event at any given place. And we shouldn't live in fear of it. We shouldn't change our lives with it. We shouldn't change our plans to attend Canada 150 events. This is a very safe country. We've got very capable officials that seize us and the RCMP are doing their job. It's not, it's not that it's impossible. It's that it's improbable. That's the lesson I want to leave people with. Okay. Thanks for that. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.